is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Halfback Dynasty. My name is Brendan. We are joined today with our co-host, Tyler, the legendary Gator Sens. Tyler, how the heck you feeling, my man? Feeling great, Brendan. Uh, I got a little co-op tournament or season going on Madden 22 with my wife. Uh, it's not going well. Um, so <laughs> outside of that, uh, feeling pretty good. We tried to be Denver, of course, naturally. Horrible line. I think we had uh, we lost 30 nothing to the Giants. Uh, through six picks with uh, Bridgewater. So hoping uh, hoping my dynasty teams fare a little bit better, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. You know, I think that the tough thing about Madden is you actually have to play and do things. With fantasy football, at least you can kind of just throw guys in into the starting roles and they do all the work. So I know the pain. Six interceptions is not bad at all, my friend. Not bad. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I was telling my wife, it's like, I always talk trash on the weekends about how like bad quarterbacks are in the NFL. And it's like, man, I can't even complete a pass on Madden. <laughs> Sorry, Denver sucks. No, no, no hard feelings, man. No hard feelings. So cool. Cool. Well, yeah, great to be back. Uh, you know, we're heading into week three. Uh, before we begin, I do want to actually give uh, our condolences to Mike Tags, uh, Mike Tagliere, Fantasy Pros, who did passed away recently. So prayers to him and his family had a big impact on me personally, Tyler, uh, watched a lot of his podcasts. I'm on fantasy pros a lot doing mock drafts. I was even doing a mock draft like two days ago and I'm, the league's already started. The season started. So really tough loss to the community, man. Super tough. Yeah. Really sad. Obviously a, a great resource to those, uh, always looking for help in dynasty and fantasy uh, fantasy pros is a great site. Uh, I've used them for years as well. Uh, really sad to hear, hopefully uh, sending positive vibes to all his loved ones, friends, families, and uh, too bad to lose, lose somebody like that in the industry. Absolutely. I know we're all feeling it. So awesome. Tyler wanted to make sure we express our condolences before we jump into to some uh, fancy football content. So the big news today that I wanted to talk about was uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Tyler, you and I are actually facing off this week in our big league, and I'm kind of screwed, man. McCaffrey only threw up four points, and then he got hurt. So you're projected to beat me by quite a bit. So I'm not looking too good this week. I think you're going to smack me. But what are your thoughts? Uh-oh, can you hear me, Tyler? I'll see what happens, man. I can. Brennan, can you hear me? Yes, sir. We are back. Sorry. Yeah, I was just right. suggesting that I'm not um, too happy about McCaffrey, man. Not too happy. Yeah, I think uh, obviously there's a lot to play in our matchup. I wouldn't be too concerned about one guy. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. anybody can throw up a four or less any given week, but. Um, it kind of calls into what I've seen a few people posting on uh, sites here and there. Um, I don't think it's time to panic or move on from McCaffrey. Um, obviously, his workload, we talked about it in this offseason, man, with guys like Kamara, McCaffrey, uh, the guys that are kind of that big-time tier that are getting a little bit towards their value, Cliff. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying, is it time to move on and – 
I pretty much have the same response, whether it's is it time to move on from McCaffrey, is it time to trade Jonathan Taylor, is it time to trade Henry Ruggs. It doesn't matter who it is, man. It always comes down to the return. I mean, don't just trade a guy to get like a first rounder and Pittman for McCaffrey. I mean, it doesn't make sense. If somebody wants to overpay, uh, the injuries are piling up. You know, he, he's taken a, quite a bit of beating over the years and uh, you know, my feelings, you and I kind of have differing feelings on running backs, but, uh, I, I don't want to be left holding at the end of the day, if his value is gone, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case with McCaffrey. I think he'll be back in three or four weeks and mm-hmm. it's still McCaffrey, you know? Absolutely. To a certain point though. I mean, why are you going to keep trading when you have top tier production? Like what more could you possibly want if that makes sense? So Obviously, as a McCaffrey owner, pretty worried here. It just sucks losing arguably the number one dynasty asset, not including super flex leagues. But uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. But I'm looking forward to our matchup. Uh, we'll see if Aaron Jones could throw up another like 30, 40 bomb, depending on your, your scoring settings. But yeah, uh, your team's looking really nice right now. CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin. I mean, how are there any receivers on the board for the rest of us with that stacked wide receiver group, man? My goodness. You got to, uh, you got to factor in that bench with Judy Higgins, Ayuk, DJ yeah. Moore. Um, yeah. Luckily, oh my gosh. I thought about putting in more over Godwin. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I mean, you and I talked about it last year, man. I hate having guys on Thursday night. I don't care how good they are. I just hate it. Because you either start your week so well or you're like, well, my game's over, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah. but man, more DJ Moore looked like if he'd, uh, if they'd have kept going to him in that second half, he could have 200 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely would have thrown up quite a few more yards. Uh, I think he's a wide receiver one for sure. I also feel that. He gets a lot of hate in a sense that people tie him to a bad franchise and a, a bad offense, but Sam Darnold has looked pretty good. I know he had a few mistakes, but Darnold has, has looked really good in my opinion, and he's shown that he can feed DJ Moore the ball. I personally think Robbie Anderson's a scrub. I think Chubba Hubbard is a scrub. He looked awful coming in for McCaffrey. So I don't know their tight end situation anymore. Um, I don't know if they still have Ian Thomas. I think they do, but he's a scrub. So the point is, I don't get why they don't just force feed DJ Moore the ball because he, in my opinion, could be a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. And he's still really young, incredibly athletic. So I'm super pumped to, to see what kind of outlook he has. So Tyler, I actually wanted to talk about a few players that kind of disappointed me so far this season. These are some players that built a little bit of, of preseason hype. Uh, maybe they had an okay week one. Maybe they didn't have a good week one. But here are a couple guys that have let me down so far. And I never want to rush and panic. Obviously, it's a long season. Dynasty is a long game. But once you hit a certain week, when do we start to panic, right? Like when when is it a good enough time to say, okay, I think I need to move on or not? So let me throw a name out there right now. The number one guy, and I don't own any shares of him. I just feel for a lot of people, and I was really hoping for the success of this guy, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He is not looking good at all. He's in a prime spot to perform and to produce in Kansas City, but he is not doing anything. So do we give him one more week before we panic? 
Do we try to trade him now? Do we wait for a, a really big game to sell? I don't know, man. I don't even know if he's going to have that big game. So uh, That's exactly who, when you were kind of telling me what you wanted to do today, he was my number one uh, as mm -hmm. well. Um, obviously, a ton of hype coming into the season. I almost think his situation is bad at this point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Mahomes is not a check down quarterback. He can do things with his legs. He can go deep. He throws a ton of balls to Kelsey and Hill. Um, kind of like we were talking about, man, I, I don't think now's the time to sell CEH if he has a couple good games. I mean, I wouldn't be completely panicked on CEH, but if you get a good offer, CEH is a running back I would be looking to get out of. Obviously, his value is tied solely to the fact that he's young, that he's a starting running back, and that he plays for KC, which, again, I don't think KC is a, a good place for a running back as their team has progressed. Obviously, what Williams did in the Super Bowl, that playoff run, was great. And it was like, wow, what a great place for a running back. This is two years later. They're a totally different team. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't need to run the ball for starters. Again, Mahomes does not check down. I think Calera, a lot of his value is tied to checkdowns because he can catch. But if you watch him play, he's really not a great runner. I don't think he has great vision. Um, and I think a lot of it is maybe unfair to CEH as a player. I mean, he was horrendously overdrafted as a rookie because of where he went. Um, I think everybody thought he was this elite running back, which you and I talked about. I, I don't think he ever was, even when he yeah. went to KC. Yeah, so I think he was extremely overdrafted to begin with. I had him more as a, the third best running back in that class. I don't think he was ever elite. I think he got blown up into this prospect that he wasn't because he went to the Chiefs. And, you know, I think some of it is unfair to – not CEH, but CEH as an asset in the fact that people do view him as elite when he's he's not. You know, I think CEH can be a very good RB2, maybe RB1 weeks here or there, but uh, CEH is one of the few younger assets that in that tier, I would be okay getting out of at this point for the right price. I mean, I wouldn't just give him away. Um, I thought about with, you know, my team, Brendan, I could really use a little bit more running back help, a little bit more young running back help for when Aaron Jones either is done after this year, next year, whenever he slows down. Um, mm -hmm. And I was going to give my, the first I own for CEH and I'm not sure I feel comfortable making that trade. I agree. And it sucks when you have a player that seems like he has everything in the world he needs to be set up and produce and it just doesn't come through and it's almost like he obviously wasn't the most talented back in that class but it almost seems like they drafted him and they're not using him for the reasons they drafted him so it seems like a mixture of both lack of talent and lack of scheme so regardless doesn't matter the Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs and they're going to win games with or without CEH so at the end of the day NFL wise who cares doesn't matter for fantasy football wise, I would not want to own CEH and I would agree that I would look to get out of him. Uh, another running back that I was kind of lit down by these first couple weeks and maybe I bought into the hype, maybe I overdrafted, I don't know. But am I feeling skeptical about this player right now? 
A little bit. I'm not going to lie a little bit, but I will stand my ground and I'm not ready to give up on this player yet. But that other running back is Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. I think he has all the tools in the world to be successful. I think he is really being outshadowed by J.D. McKissick a little bit. Um, And it's not his fault. I think that's due to the Washington football team giving McKissick a lot more touches than he should be getting. But this is a player I generally am worried about unless he turns it around within these next couple of weeks because I took him as my RB1 in a few leagues and have him in Dynasty as my first running back. So I don't know how you feel about him. I don't know if you own shares, but what's the deal with him? Um, I kind of figured he would be coming uh, on your list as well. Uh, we're definitely on the same page. Gibson, I honestly don't worry about. Uh, I think Gibson, he's built differently. He's a big guy. He's a big running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, be much, much more comfortable holding him. Even if he has a bad year, I, I would still feel comfortable holding him long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a product of – it was really interesting, man. My brother and I were driving up to the mountains last weekend and had a conversation about the frustration that is fantasy and dynasty in general anymore. There's so many good players now, and there's so many players that are used week to week. Like, personally, I think it's ridiculous that McKissick gets used the way he does. I mean, Gibson played wide receiver in college. Like, throw him the ball. But Agreed. It goes to show, man, that uh, even when you think you have these great assets, they don't always get the ball as much as they should. And there's just too many good players in the NFL anymore from a fantasy standpoint that mm-hmm. there is, is no safe asset anymore. I would still say McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, guys like that that you know are going to get 20 to 25 touches a game. Outside of that, man, even Kamara, you have no idea how much he's going to touch the ball. You, you have no mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easy to get let down in fantasy anymore because you do like Gibson is really good and he deserves more touches, but he's just not going to get him week to week. You know, it's very mm-hmm. we were talking about like when my brother and I first started playing fantasy 20 years ago where it was mm-hmm. like. You could have LT. He's going to get 35 touches a game, guaranteed. But mm-hmm. in today's day and age, that just doesn't exist anymore. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yes, teams are pushing for longevity with these athletes. But you made a great point. It's mind-boggling why the Washington football team plays a second-string pass-catching running back when their their starter is honestly could be a borderline elite pass-catching back. Like, why, why are you even playing McKissick? I get, like, a change of pace role in a sense, but McKissick's not even a change of pace back in comparison to Gibson. He has a very similar play style. So just to give you a few statistics right here, uh, week one, he, his snap share was 65%. Week two, it was 61 Week one, he had 20 rush attempts. Last week, it was 13. So his targets went down, too, from five targets to two targets. I know this was largely due to when the Washington football team had a few big plays with McKissick and they let him finish the drive and he actually scored. So I guess maybe the hot hand at a certain point, but seven less touches and three less targets from week one to week two is kind of concerning to me. Uh, I know he also had two fumbles week one. So maybe that's why Gibson wasn't getting the ball that much, but 
you got him in, in a super late round draft. When did they even draft him? Like fourth round or something? I know he wasn't, he wasn't a highly touted running back in that 2020 class because of the fact that he was like a third round pick. So my point is you get this guy who's super cheap. You basically got to steal in the draft. You're not going to utilize him how you should when your team is up and coming. Let's be honest. The Washington football team should honestly win that division. Maybe the Cowboys, but Eagles are not very good. Giants are not very good. The Washington football team is built to win with a really young team. Phenomenal defense. Stud running back. Stud wide receiver in Terry McLaurin. Why aren't you going to let this guy gel with the starters, man? I don't get it. I'm salty, obviously. Well, and I think the other thing to focus on with uh, all these kind of assets that we're, we're frustrated with uh, currently, it's only week two. Um, mm-hmm. Played fantasy long enough to know the first two, three weeks are not indicative of the whole season. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, this goes back to a philosophy thing for me that you and I uh, have talked about at length. This is why I don't like running backs. I don't trust them. I don't mm-hmm. trust coaches. I just Gibson look like a surefire 20 mm-hmm. a week. And like he gets 11 touches. I mean, it's just the NFL just throws and throws and throws, man. That, that's just the way it is. And this is mm-hmm. exactly I don't trust running backs. That's how you win the game. Now throw 400 uh, passing yards, a couple of tutties, as you call them teeter. So I don't know, man, I, I'm not as worried about Gibson as you mentioned, but my point being is at a certain point, you do have to start worrying, uh, depending on where your roster stands. If you're contending, if you're not obviously selling or buying at the right time, getting the right return. So it's very tricky. I'm holding on to Gibson. I've actually got him stacked in one league with Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley, as we spoke about before. And Barkley's a guy that I hope really gets it going against the Falcons this week. But even him. It's to a point where I've tried selling him in multiple leagues already. I drafted him in the startup this year because the value was simply too good. I couldn't pass on him, but nobody is biting. I couldn't even trade him straight up for DeAndre Swift. Not saying I would, but the guy said, no, I'm not doing that. So maybe yeah, I need to rethink my strategy, man. Yeah, he's uh, he's another player that's impossible. You're in an impossible spot. I think you just mm-hmm. hold quickly, but... You know, at the end of the day, Saquon Barkley's had one good season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at that point that I, I think some of it's outside of his control. The Giants are terrible. Their line is terrible. Um, but, hey, that's where he plays. So, mm-hmm. you know, you always make excuses. Uh, they were terrible his rookie year, and he uh, had, what, 2,000 yards from scrimmage. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's another piece that it doesn't matter if it's an RB or a wide out of tight end. You know, there are fool's gold in Dynasty, and I hate to call Barkley that, but Barkley is not worth his cost right now. There, there's no mm-hmm. way. That could change. He needs to get healthy. It could take him another year to get over the ACL for sure. But at that point, he's 25. Nobody wants him anyways because he's 25. I just dynasty is just a tricky stock market, man. It's impossible to know when to sell, when to hold. And I'm a firm believer in you don't maximize your value necessarily, unless it's an overpay. It's okay to hold on to good assets. It's like I told mm-hmm. you, I never even considered trading Jefferson, even though a lot of people are like, well, he'll, he has nowhere to go, but down. Mm-hmm. He's still a good player. So I understand from their rookie year, why nobody sold Barkley, but, uh, Barkley's in a real tricky spot. 
I agree. And I think that he needs to have a couple strong weeks in order to gain some confidence back mm -hmm. in himself, but also within the, the dynasty community. So let me, let me pivot real quick. And let me tell you uh, a player that I'm actually really surprised by. Uh, you know, we spoke about a few running backs. Well, actually, before, uh, do you have any running backs that you're kind of disappointed? I know we were on the same page a little bit, but before I jump shit, any other running backs that you're just shocked that have not been producing well the first couple of weeks? I'd go for an undercard guy who came in with a lot of hype, but also a ton of risk. Uh, Mike Davis has disappointed mm -hmm. out of eight. Uh, Atlanta's terrible. I mean, their whole offense is disappointed at the out of the gate. I mean, don't be afraid to force feed that ball to Ridley there, Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's disappointed. And I think in the opposite, uh, I've read some posts and seen some trades. Everybody needs to tone it down on Cordero Patterson. Uh, <laughs> I would not be going out and buying Patterson all over the place. Uh, Patterson's been in the league for what a decade. He's exactly what he is. He's going to have yeah. some good, moves, but really, he's unusable. I wouldn't take. It's like we said, man. It, it's week two. I take nothing away from anything that's happened these first two weeks because we'll look back at the end of the year and be like, oh yeah, remember when Patterson scored those touchdowns? Yeah. It, it's almost, that, that's almost as good as like Malcolm Brown starting off as like the RB one, the first couple weeks, the past like three years. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was so funny. People are like, should I buy him? Should I buy him? Like his Cam makers looked so bad last year's first couple games. Nope. Classic, classic. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let me, let me talk about a, a couple players that at the running back position that I'm honestly surprised. And I'll tell you why. First off, it's going to be Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, in my opinion, has, has come out. He's gotten a lot of touches, had a phenomenal week one, 29 attempts, 127 rushing yards, and one touchdown, four receptions for 23 yards. That is really good usage. That's really good usage. Um, week two against the Bears, my favorite team, uh, he saw 20 attempts as well. So clearly they are giving him the ball, which I really like to see. Granted, he had a difficult week against the Stout Bears defense, but Tyler, we had a lot of question marks around Joe Mixon. Obviously, he's been injured. He wasn't performing to expectations. This could be his year, man. He's currently ranked RB7 in one of my leagues right now, and he could be a, a sneaky guy that really helps elevate your team if you bought him for cheap this offseason. Yeah, so good in week one. As somebody that traded him, week one was a little bit tough to watch. Mm -hmm. The RB1, but um, can't get too high or too low on these guys. I think he played well last week, but when you look at his touches versus – what he ultimately put together. Not a great game, mm -hmm. but it's encouraging that the touches are there. Mm -hmm. I mean, what we were talking about with Gibson, CEH uh, to an extent, uh, you got to have touches as a running back. If you touch the ball 10 times a game, you're probably not going to play that well. You touch the ball 25 times a game, even volume alone. You're gonna yeah, at least 80 yards. You're at least yeah. going to get 80 rushing yards if you touch the ball 25 times. Yep, so I think Mixon's a pretty safe top 10 for now. Um, I think Burrow is beyond key to Mixon. If he struggles and teams just have to stop Mixon, it's going to get ugly quick. But obviously, Jamar Chase has come out and played well. T. Higgins has looked good. So I think they've got a pretty balanced offense. 
Uh, T. Higgins doubtful to play this week, so I'm interested to see if that helps Mixon or hurts him. So, um, yeah, very encouraging start for Mixon after a tough, obviously, injury-plagued year. Absolutely. So I'm excited to see how he performs. Obviously, I want to see Burrow uh, become successful. It was pretty discouraging seeing him throw three interceptions on three straight pass attempts to the Bears defense. I mean, I loved it as a football fan, but I was sad to see it as a, a fantasy football fan. Um, the last guy I want to bring up for running backs that I'm not necessarily surprised, but I want to just give this guy credit is my boy, Nick Chubb. Tyler, he is averaging about 54, 55% snap share the first two weeks. He is averaging like six and a half, seven yards per carry. Week one, he averaged five and a half yards per carry. Week two, he averaged 8.6 yards per carry. Three rushing touchdowns already. The guy is just a stud, man. This is a running back that I think has a chance to really be the guy for the next couple of years. I could see him being in the, the NFL until he's like 30, honestly. That's my opinion. Nick Chubb is a straight beast, man. Yeah, Nick Chubb's a, an absolute stud. You and I said that last year. We said it heading into this year. He's the elite <laughs> running back that nobody talks about, nobody cares about, mm -hmm. you know, about the pass catchers because he doesn't catch the ball. Well, Nick Chubb doesn't have to catch the ball. Mm -hmm. He's, a, he's a, like Derrick Henry to an extent. He, he gets his work on the ground, which mm -hmm. is not – super common i don't think for running backs anymore running backs are very oh i need five catches as well as 20 runs uh mm -hmm. nick chubb's just an absolute stud i think he's one of the most underrated running backs or assets in all of fantasy football all of mm -hmm. dynasty mm -hmm. uh, he does what derrick henry does on like half the carries exactly yeah <laughs> it's a shame hunt landed there because yeah. nick chubb catch the ball going back to georgia mm -hmm. um well, he could be arguably the RB1 overall if he was a path, if he got the opportunity to catch passes, because he can. I agree. I agree completely. So Nick Chubb is, is, is for sure an RB1 the rest of the year, top five in my opinion. So really excited to see how he stacks up against the Bears uh, this Sunday. So, all right, let's pivot towards wide receivers. Um, there's only one big disappointment that I, I really want to talk about. Uh, I know we're, we've already uh, talked about a lot of running backs. I think we just covered six or seven. But with wide receivers, this is more so due to the hype of what happened on this particular franchise. Now, this franchise is the New Orleans Saints. Lots of question marks around whether Taysom Hill or Jamie Winston would be the starter. Winston got the job. And all of a sudden, after that announcement, the – Wide receivers on that roster skyrocketed in value. Absolutely skyrocketed. And I, I felt that. I totally understood why. But this particular wide receiver has absolutely flopped. And I'm talking about Marquez Callaway. I saw people trying to trade for this guy and giving up seconds, even late first. My goodness, what a time to be alive. He has not played that well. He, he doesn't get the ball, honestly. So is Marquez Callaway one of those guys that were just part of the hype because of the potential situation? Or do you actually think he could be good? Uh, it's hard to say, man. I mean, he had that one good preseason game. I would never buy anybody in Dynasty based on preseason. Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't mean anything. Uh, still a long season. I mean, Winston was terrible last week. He wasn't mm-hmm. even that week one. What, he completed seven passes, but five of them were touchdowns. <laughs> yards away. It's got to be a record. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to wait and see, but no, I had, I had zero interest in Callaway at all this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's hard to – I don't even know what to say about it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. I'm for sure not buying anybody on the Saints right now unless his name is Alvin Kamara because he's the only one I trust. Even then, it seems kind of sketch. So, okay, let's let's talk about a receiver who uh, I'm, I'm shocked has been performing the way he has. And it's not because I don't think he's, he's not talented. It's because of the situation. That's Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has had three really solid games already. He's already amounted 32 or 32 targets. I'm sorry, 32 targets and 23 receptions this year. He's already got, let's see, 132 yards, uh, 78. He's already got like 320 yards receiving within his first three games. This guy is another under the radar player that consistently gets a thousand yards receiving each year. My goodness, this is a buy low candidate. Even though after these three big games, you could still probably buy low. I took him in like the 15th round of a startup, and he is currently wide receiver three in one of my leagues. This guy is a low-key stud, man. What are your thoughts on Brandon Cooks? Yeah, quite the shocker on how he started. I kind of mm-hmm. thought he'd sit out this uh, Thursday with Mills at quarterback, but mm-hmm. was able to get over the century mark. Uh, he seems to catch everything that goes his way has always been a little bit underrated because he's been very boomer bust because of his skill set. But this year, uh, he seems pretty safe. Uh, he's going to get 10 targets. Um, he doesn't need the huge chunk plays like he has in the past. So uh, I'd be hesitant. I say this a lot, too, when players like this, I would be very hesitant to buy at his current price. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get him cheaper, sure. But I'm guessing most owners are going to be looking to sell high, and selling high is uh, pricey. Sure, sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's probably, with the production he's putting up right now, he's probably worth a first-round pick to a contender. I'm not going to lie. But that's the thing is, is he done after this year? Probably not. He'll probably put together another 1,000-yard season next year. Will he be done after this year? You, you just never know. It's not like he's getting any younger. So I totally feel the, the, the hesitation there. I'm piggybacking off Brandon Cooks. My guy, Cooper Cup, dude. Holy cow. Stafford is feeding him the ball, man. Cooper Cup looks legit this year. Another player that's probably underrated. You wouldn't put him up in that elite tier of wide receivers with DK, Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, those types of players, C.D. Lamb. But he has a great chance to outproduce all of those guys this year. So is Cooper Cup, does he have a chance to be the wide receiver one this year for fantasy production? I don't know about the one, but certainly a top 10. He had a huge year a couple of years ago before he got mm-hmm. hurt. I think he was the number one, two, or three at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cup's always been a little bit tied to injury. I mean, he's got such a good skill set. He, he's a guy that catches a lot of balls, which again, with running backs, you know, you get volume, you're going to start racking up stats. But He's always had an amazing skill set. He just got to stay on the field. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, kind of in the opposite. I, I wouldn't be looking to sell Cup if I owned him. I, I would just ride the wave. Um, That's great production on your roster, man. I agree. Or, man, even if he slows down, he's still going to get eight grabs for 80 a week, you know. Mm -hmm. That's and that's more than you can say about Ridley, Jefferson, those kind of guys right now. There's no question. There, he's a much safer player. So, uh, obviously, off to a great start. Absolutely. See, that's how you can win dynasty leagues. Is there's a lot of players out there that maybe they hit that age where people are skeptical about them, but they're still great production. If you had a dynasty team right now contending, and you bought low, let's say on Adam Thielen. Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, based on their age, you would be looking so good right now. Literally so good. So that's the recommendation is don't be afraid to go after some really solid production if you, of course, can grab them at a great price. Obviously, Cooper Cup right now, if, if this was Calvin Ridley putting up these numbers or Justin Jefferson, people would expect like three first round picks for them at this point in time. I wouldn't expect that from Cooper Cup, but hey, I'd rather spend one first round pick on Cooper Cup, get the same production this year and still have my other two first. So there's so many sneaky buys that are right in front of you the entire time. You just have to find them and go after them. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, do you have any any other wide receivers that you're really impressed by so far as you're really disappointed um, I just wanted to say one thing that uh, Adam Thielen's always a, a really good. Uh, it was a good call by you. He's so safe in the red zone. As somebody mm -hmm. that Jefferson, I'm so frustrated by Alan, Adam Thielen every weekend because in the red zone, it's like, well, he's not even going to look at Jefferson. Jefferson Dude, Adam he, Thielen's so good in the red zone. Yeah, it, it's so frustrating. So another guy that nobody cares about, but mm -hmm. has been a good player for what six or seven years. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say the guy I've been most disappointed with, I, I don't even know if it's his fault or his coach is just an idiot, is uh, Brendan Ayuk. Mm -hmm. uh, True. Been, uh, extremely – he has one catch through two weeks. Um, I mean, Shanahan says he's not in the doghouse, he's not this or that, but then goes on to say that – what is it? Sheffield, Showfield, whoever the hell that is, has yeah. outperformed him in practice. I just – I don't – this is the frustrating part about dynasty. A kid puts up what almost 800 yards and 80 yards on the ground as a rookie, but now he's just terrible. I, I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wait, think keep in mind, keep in mind those stats. Wasn't I, he didn't really play the first few games. Did he? No. If I recall correctly, that all came at like a huge string, like near the end of the season like he was balling out, man. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think every coach wants to be the smartest guy ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, Shanahan's an idiot. You know, he's not even playing sermon. He's pretending Elijah Mitchell is this God of a running back, even though you drafted one guy in the third and one in the sixth. Uh, you know how it is, man. We've watched Belichick do this nonsense for 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. Coaches are the most egotistical people in sports period and football coaches are the worst mm -hmm. you know the iuk situation i don't understand it at all if you don't like the guy then trade him you know no, uh, there's a lot of franchises that would give a nice penny for uh, a brandon iuk right now <laughs> absolutely you know it's it's all about finding those those hidden gems just so you can you can be that guy that people are like wow you know like he finds these guys out of nowhere and they're they're such big talents, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. 
And that's I, really funny. Ayuk on the other side is somebody I would 100% be uh, price checking if I didn't own him. I saw, man, I'm going to forget exactly what the trade was, but somebody traded for Ayuk that it was like, I almost want to say it was Mike Davis for Ayuk in a first. And it's Woo! just, yeah, make that trade right now, you know, because yeah. I don't Ayuk will stay where he is much past the midseason point at some point you're gonna have to play uh your good players regardless of how smart you are as a coach because showfield or sheffield whatever his name is is not good absolutely yeah it's a no-namer so hey just to, to kind of circle back um with iuk stats last season so through his first few games this was uh the the receptions i'll do targets receptions and yards so week one, three targets, two receptions, 21 yards. Week two, eight targets, five receptions, 70 yards. Week three, five targets, two receptions, 18 yards. Week four, six targets, uh, three receptions, 44 yards. Week five, three targets, two receptions, 12 yards. So we see a trend. He was really hovering around like three receptions uh, on average for the first few weeks. But then I think Debo Samuel went down, Kittle went down. And then by week seven, Here's how many targets he got. Week 7, 10. Week 8, 14. Week 9, 9. Week 10, 16. Week 11, 13. I mean, and he caught a ton of balls, man. And he was putting up yards and touchdowns. So the point is he showed that he could do it with nobody else on the field as a weapon, right? It's not like you had George Kittle out there or uh, Debo Samuel taking coverage from the top DBs and linebackers. Like, Ayuk was doing it all. And then you bring him in this season, and you're saying that it's because he was injured and he hasn't gotten enough reps. Like, dude, the guy is a baller, man. You got to give him the opportunity. He'll help you score. And what are you doing? I agree. Shanahan's a bozo in that context, that sense. So stupid. Yeah. I don't understand it either. And obviously Ayuk saw a bump because of the injuries um, to Kittle and Samuel, but I think there's a balance there. And I personally think Ayuk's skill set uh, will be better suited for Trey Lance. I think when Lance takes over, it's going to be great. I know Samuel's had a really nice start, but you also got to look a little bit deeper. Uh, I mean, on his what, 80 or 90 yard touchdown, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo underthrew him by about seven yards and he just happened to get back to it and then was gone. And that isn't going to happen every week. You know, I understand that Debo's balling out, but I think sometimes, I mean, your stats are what your stats are. I understand mm -hmm. that, but some of that can get a little, uh, Samuel's stats were very, very, uh, almost forgiving in week one. I mean, that was a terrible throw by Garoppolo. And it was so badly thrown that when I uh, Samuel went back and got it, the corners didn't even know where he was because it was such a bad throw. So that isn't wow. going to happen week to week, but um, I can't figure out what's going on with that. Hey, to be fair, though, Jimmy G wins games in the NFL, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he wins games his record is unbelievable as a starting quarterback i can't argue that and again your stats are what your stats are and i'm probably a bitter iuk owner right now but i think yeah. there's a between iuk getting zero receptions and samuel getting 190 yards you know mm -hmm. i agree 
I agree. I think Ayuk will start turning it up. Um, honestly, even if he doesn't perform that well this year due to situation and, and schemes, I'd still buy him low next year. He's only in his second year. He looked good his rookie season. That, that's really the telltale. If they pass the eye test, especially the rookie season, and they really ball out, they're usually going to be pretty good. So sure. I highly recommend uh, keeping tabs on Brandon Ayuk and seeing if you could snag him. So, uh, yeah, I know you're disappointed in, in not necessarily Ayuk's talent, but the, the, the situation. Any other wide receivers that, that come to mind or any, any tight ends or quarterbacks that you've been super upset with, that you've been super happy with? Teddy Bridgewater looks pretty decent. Daniel Jones. I mean, who you got on your QB and tight end list right now, man? Yeah, good call on Bridgewater and Daniel Jones. They both mm-hmm. look surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as tight ends go, I would say Johnny Smith's been a disappointment out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have called that, though, bro. Come on. You know he's up and down based on a rookie quarterback. Uh, I mean, in week one, he caught five of five targets, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. but it was only for about 44 yards. Mm-hmm. So. It's I'd not say, a lack of his talent. It's a lack of Patriot system right now. Just want to throw that out there. So, sorry, go ahead. I think he's been disappointing. Obviously, Andrews rebounded a little bit last week. He was incredibly disappointing in week mm-hmm. one. Um, so hard with tight ends, man, because they're just – they're always disappointing, always. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. George Kittle hasn't been good. You know, he's supposed to be this unbelievably elite tight end. He hasn't been good. I, I'm selling George Kittle this year. By all means, I'm selling. I don't believe in him anymore. Injuries and too many weapons out there. Think about when Ayuk gets going again. That's 10 targets a game compared to, you know, however many he's in the couple he's getting now. Um, look at Trey Sermon. If he actually hits and he can catch a couple of passes, right? Uh, Debo Samuel who's turning on the Jets. It just George Kittle, I don't think is is who people think he is this year. And a lot of, a lot of fantasy owners are suggesting TJ Hawkinson is going to jump in to go Kelsey Waller and Hawk, man. And Hawk looks good right now. I'm not going to lie. That was, that was the guy I was going to say. Hawkinson looks absolutely incredible right now. Uh, even Waller had a bad week too. Uh, it's the age old thing, man. It doesn't matter if he's 25 or 48. The only consistent tight end is Travis Kelsey period. Yep. End of Travis Kelsey is never going to put up a, a two. Mm-hmm. He might not always put up a 25, but he's not going to put up a two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, which is incredible because you saw last week, what did Tyree kill have like 20 yards? Tyree kill did not, not get that many looks, man. He was not playing that well. Kelsey's just Kelsey to me is the most consistent player in fantasy football mm-hmm. and week mm-hmm. out. Yep. And he's going to get it. He's going to keep that up. And also his injury risk is a lot lower um, because of the routes he runs. I mean, unless he just gets decked by a linebacker. I mean, he's not moving that quick out there, but he's, he's not making quick cuts and he's also not getting the ball 30 times like Christian McCaffrey. So he's still at that perfect level of production, the amount of targets he gets to where his career will, will be very long. He's going to be like an Antonio Gates, a Vernon Davis, a, a Tony Gonzalez. Like they, He's going to go forever, man. He's going to go until 40. Good Lord. Yeah. So, I mean, outside of his consistency, Hawkinson's been a not really a surprise, but, uh, I mean, the way he's playing has been great. And then outside of him, I wouldn't be buying him, and I know nobody wants to hear it, but the other best uh, surprise at tight end uh, this year has been Gronk. 
Yeah, dude, I, I got Gronk in a couple of leagues, and I'm sitting like, dang, this was so lucky. This was so lucky. He looks phenomenal, though, dude. Come on. He looks really good. He looks really good so far. So I don't think he'll keep up at this tick. I mean, obviously, last week his stats were good because of the two TDs. Yeah. But, I mean, there's so many weapons on that team. But, hey, man, if Brady's looking his way, it, obviously they have – isn't it the best connection in the history of the NFL? Tight end to uh, QB, so uh-huh. yeah. if you're a contender and somebody's in a full rebuild and you can buy him for a second, why not? Because mm-hmm. tight ends are terrible. They're awful week to week. I, I'd rather take a shot at Brady throwing anybody the ball versus uh, like a John U. Smith or a Tyler Higby. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And guess what, man? The cool thing about Brady is he's so freaking accurate that it doesn't matter if Gronk has elite running or elite route running because of the fact that Brady will get him the ball and put it exactly where it needs to be, where Gronk can catch it. So anyways, he's like, yeah, he's a beast. It's like growing up, the, the, the the linebackers and all that look like us trying to tackle our older brother in the backyard, like dudes hanging on him and somehow he just keeps going. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Gronk, honestly. So uh, I love his personality, man. What happened with his comment this week that Bruce Arians and the management made him go out on national TV and talk about the, uh, fo- the that he actually does do game footage is so freaking stupid. What? Wait, wait, what yeah, happened? He was on uh, on with Manning and Manning on Monday night. Oh, I yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And uh, like Peyton and Eli were just kind of going back and forth with him. And I think everybody knows Gronk's personality. And Gronk said he flat out, he doesn't watch game footage, period. He just doesn't (laughs) get great to watch it. And obviously he was joking. And if he's not, he's the greatest tight end ever. So who cares? His team like made him do a press conference and talk about how much footage he watches. It's just like... Lord, man. First off, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, I mean, it, whatever he says, it doesn't affect the team in any way, positively or negatively. Like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's producing, so who cares what he does? Now, that's like Allen Iverson missing practice. I mean, the guy's a baller, bro. Who cares? <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. Cool, man. Hey, well, you know, we, we've talked about quite a few players. Uh, clearly, all of this talk could mean nothing after this week of games. So uh, anything else you want to say before we shut it down for, uh, for the week, man? I'm glad you brought that up, Brendan, because the only thing I can say is everything we think we know won't happen this weekend. Nothing yep. from last week. I think that's the most important thing to realize. I think it's a little bit easier in year to year. I'm starting to uh, understand how difficult, even after all this time, how much time I spend on it. Dynasty's so hard, man, because you have no idea year to year who is a safe asset, who is not. But everything we think we know right now, Gronk's going to go out and catch one ball for two yards. Um, OJ Howard will have 130 yards and three (laughs) touchdowns. It doesn't matter, man. It's so week to week that nothing we know matters at all. It really doesn't. It's about owning the right players at the right time. That's how you win. And starting them, of course, and starting them. So cool. Exactly. Cool. Tyler, great to see you as always. I'm excited for our matchup. Uh, Hopefully, I'll be able to share some good news next week's episode. Uh, You know, hopefully, you get to that one. And I think you're one and one right now. Hopefully, you get to one and two. I get to three and oh. 
I'm looking forward to the matchup, my friend. Looking last, forward. Uh, last week was the classic thing, Brendan. I would have beat everybody else in the league, but mm-hmm. the guy I played. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. Awesome. So, well, take care. Yeah, yeah. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Tyler, just remember you're in this for life.